passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And now Baser could it be a matter of time? Carrot through the clutch! Carrot through the clutch on Asuka! How much can Asuka hold on? How much can Asuka withstand here? She can't. She can't. Oscar in the clutches of Baszler. Oscar starting to fade. He's gone. He's gone. Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler's going to WrestleMania. Here's your winner, Shayna Baszler. And we are live, everybody. Welcome to our Elimination Chamber post-show birthday bash. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we are. T- we are 70 minutes away from the big, the granddaddy of them all, John Pollock's 36th birthday. Yeah, I, I feel like I'll be a granddaddy by that age. Welcome, everybody, to the show. It's John Pollock and Wei Ting, and I am wearing my official birthday gift, Wei, that I got today That's from my really lovely great. wife, wow. custom-made J.R. Ewing sweater. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Wow. Well, that is quite the gift. Maybe we should add to the pile, John. Oh, did you give me a gift? We we got you on on behalf of the post-wrestling. Oh, my goodness. uh, I wasn't expecting this. Please, it is nothing major. Please don't. Don't think of it as anything as much. Well, well the bar's but been set high. You, with the... you, I, I got you a little present right there. But as well, since I, I intend on doing this after the review, but let's let's start it off, okay? No birthday is complete without some cake and a candle. So oh. I, I, I walked with John to grab this Joe Louie before the show. I saw you buy it. I just thought you wanted a snack for the I don't pay-per-view. Need, I don't need this stuff. But I, need, I needed a quick cake. For, the, for a celebration, and what better way to celebrate than here in okay, the post well, office? Trust me, th- this, don't, is, uh, this is okay. Don't Seth Rollins this, don't worry, this joint don't or worry, anything. Don't worry. Okay, Joe, uh, this is terrible. Radio. You know what's crazy is that I've not had a Joe Louis since I was probably 10 years old. Is that right? I used, I, I used to love those when I was a kid, but I probably have not had one in 26 years. They are delicious. Okay, well, right here. If Waking Outsmart I'm this, about uh, to burn it down. <laughs> Hopefully, there we go. Nothing like some fire to uh, get things going here. The the elimination chamber. I'll tell you uh, that candle right now might have had more heat than a lot of these matches that we're about to review tonight. Wonderful, wonderful. We got it right here, everybody. Wow! Look a at live this birthday celebration for John Pollock. Everybody, this is uh, this is unbelievable. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, bother with with singing, but. All we ask, John, is that you make a wish right now in front of the post wrestling audience. Okay. I uh, you see, I turned my phone off because I uh, I didn't want to interrupt when we uh, <laughs> we got phone calls. I always get like see, I was, the, I was the look from way. I was intending on doing all this after the fact. Man, how professional we are. Look, oh, beautiful. Look, this beautiful. is this is unbelievable. Here, let me let me take one photo here before we uh, <laughs> this. It actually looks better with the lights out. Okay, 
Let's uh, let, let's do uh, a, a wish here. I'm not going to reveal my wish because then it doesn't come true. Lovely, lovely, lovely. What a way to start off this pay-per-view Look post at this. show. Unbelievable. The the birthday bash <laughs> has begun. Well, thank you so much, Wade. Can I can I open the gift? Please now, open it. Please wait? open it. I don't please know what to do it. here. Okay, it's not worth anticipating. We got. <laughs> this is a, a a Marvel Captain America cell phone holder. Uh, I would have preferred a Steve Rogers one, but this will do, I think. Yeah, so well, they so ran much. out of Steve Rogers. So, wow. of course, in honor of our uh, Infinity War review coming out this Tuesday, of course, on the Post Wrestling Cafe, and, and to our very own Captain America, I got John a Captain America cell phone holder. So yeah. you can use that during yeah. the show itself. I totally can use this. You know what? what? I've been like... I actually had one of these for a while and then got rid of it. Oh, it might be too. Your phone might be too heavy for it. Might, it. Might you be, can use it, use, it, use it in landscape mode. Yeah, we need a. It we, needs to be. Did you get a new phone? No. Oh, okay, never no. mind. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how, how Captain America uh, sizes up. Well, if it doesn't thank, work, I apologize. Thank you so much, Way. Well, uh, hopefully that was worth the uh, the uh, you guys clicking on this uh, pay per view recap itself because I guarantee you that was probably the highlight of it. Um, this was a show. This was a show, John. Yeah, uh, I mean, Elimination Chamber was a show that we came into, and I would say that there... I mean, think of the last time there was this lack of star power on the show. As mm-hmm. you look at Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Cena, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton. I guess we did get Kevin Owens on this show. Uh, none of the principals in the two title matches for WrestleMania. Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, Sasha. Like, this was... Uh, just it, to me, it was a very interesting show to watch from that perspective for this crowd in Philadelphia, who I, I think like the wrestling was was by and large pretty good on the show. But there was the audience. You could see who they saw as stars. And for the vast majority on the show, they did not react to them as stars. And I think the heat it, certainly it, it affected the crowd in in this show in terms of the the lack of star power they did not respond to a lot of these matches even though some of them um were, were very good i would say the wrestling was a strength on this show i agree with that i think it over delivered in in that sense um but certainly it for me the the length of the show definitely played a part i mean by the time we got past the third hour in total um even if you didn't want to include the kickoff once we got to about like 9 30 i definitely felt the drain of some of those matches and when you add on the fact that you know a lot of these matches were for titles that people didn't really care about plus also the idea that you know Shayna Baszler i think was already pretty much expected to win you didn't have the star power as you mentioned nor any of the major titles that were being defended on this show I think that contributed perhaps to maybe a bit more of a lack of reaction towards the end of the show. How much do you look at this year as being a a victim of circumstances in terms of the Saudi Arabia show coming in such close proximity to this show? To me, it's yeah. like we had one in-between show from the Rumble to Mania, and we had to spread it out over two. And this was the one that felt um, most expendable. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Saudi Arabia was not even two weeks away. So... Um, that's and, and also one that the company, it's not like they even wanted to throw their big guns onto this show. I mean, for, mm-hmm. and granted, there may have been different circumstances for others, to, you know, not around, whatever, but nonetheless, that whole laundry mm-hmm. list. Gold, you can't have gold, but you can't have Brock Lesnar on the show defending those belts. Well, right? that's one. And 
I mean, Goldberg was not the original plan, and that's yeah. uh, one of the. Uh, granted, you didn't have the fiend on the show either. You so. also didn't have Becky. You also didn't have um, uh, uh, Bailey on the show, even, which it was, was surprising. Like actually. literally, the star power on this show. I I cannot remember a show where there was like so much. It mm. it, it was an interesting showcase for some talent that typically never gets an opportunity at any kind of big platform. Like you could tell the Lucha house party, they were treating tonight. This is our WrestleMania tonight because this is our biggest opportunity to uh, advance our careers in, in this rut that we are in, in this company of just kind of afterthoughts. It was a show sold on um, basically this felt like a pre-show for WrestleMania. It was felt like a go home show almost. And it was also a a pay-per-view sold on the match type itself. Of uh, the Elimination Chamber. Yes. So the kickoff show kicked off at 6 p.m. Eastern Time featuring Charlie Caruso, Jonathan Coachman, David Otunga, and the returning Peter Rosenberg, who they announced on Friday, is back on Mm -hmm. the kickoff shows. And they had – you may have gotten me the Joe Louie, but it was very – I thought very thoughtful of WWE to give me a birthday present on the kickoff show because we went to the back and an ominous figure walked into the shot and then he looked into the camera and he proceeded. Three separate attacks, AJ, and not once did I say die. <laughs> and that was when the rules applied. Now tonight is a no disqualification, which means there's no one to save you. Not your friends, not you, no false idols. You are all alone. And someone who has been alone and fighting alone, it is my pleasure to introduce to you how true loneliness will feel. So let me just say, like, I'm usually not around when John is recapping these while we're watching Raw, for instance. I was here live in person as he was typing this. The man was able to transcribe this live without having to rewind at all, which was very impressive to see. I have got his inflections down so well. Like, uh, I know when he's taking pauses and when I can make up for words, and I'm just I'm just going. I'm, I like, it was very impressive. I, really. c- I could do his life story easily. He yeah. could just recite it to me. Um the Miz and Morrison were interviewed in which you, you rewound this like five times. And we were pretty sure that Morrison uh, said personal shit. And that's exactly how it sounded like. That's all, I, I was the most curious about that. Did he say shit? Yeah, yes. I think he's because he, what else would it have been? Uh, yeah. He said, we always kept in touch right down to the personal shit. Now, if it wasn't shit, what else could it have been? He might have meant to say stuff, but it certainly sounded like shit came out. Uh, Kayla Braxton interviewed Braun, and he called Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro two of the baddest dudes in WWE, but anyone coming for his title is going to get these hands. Then we had R-Truth on the panel that was uh, just talking about Brock Lesnar doing some R-Truth comedy and stuff. It was just, this kickoff was so dragging, and they're literally doing segments from like previewing the WrestleMania title matches. This was the kickoff for WrestleMania a month Mm -hmm. early. Yeah, it was the the five-hour kickoff for WrestleMania. It was, yeah, like tonight's focus. Granted, this is in in large part, this is a setup for WrestleMania, but this was literally being treated as the WrestleMania kickoff. At any point, did you hear them say, like, um, get it on the WWE Network or anything like that? Or was it strictly WrestleMania? Because I didn't really pay attention, so I forget if they even did or not. Um, I didn't hear them say the usual... 
I, I, I really, I didn't, I didn't notice. To, to be like, honest, usually it's like if you sign up now, you can get WrestleMania for free. That's what I was saying. Like I did not hear that. Which usually yeah. they always have that plug of sign up today, and your thirty days will include WrestleMania. Which, given this is March the eighth, that it would include. Uh, and I never heard that. I'm not saying that was not uttered at some point on this show, but I did not hear it. Neither did you. Um, hmm. Yeah. Again, we look at this the potential of a streaming partner. Vince McMahon said first quarter is the potential of when they could announce this. So, um, you know, it's it's crunch time, though, that you want to... It's not so much just having the deal closed. It's having the time to adequately promote a new platform, potentially, for WrestleMania. I guess it would be really rude to do that on a kickoff or even in the body of the show. <laughs> you suckers who signed up for this network. <laughs> You're not getting WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, they signed up for free, right? So what are they really out? Oh, yeah, okay. They've just given up their, uh, their email. <laughs> Viking Raiders against Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Uh, not much to this at all. Ivar um, was tagged after they beat down on Eric. Ryder missed the Rough Rider hitting his partner, and the Viking Raiders hit the Viking experience in four minutes and 48 seconds, and not the last we would see of the Viking Raiders on this show. A match that was announced very late, and uh, I, I would only say to fill out this card, because um, I guess you couldn't have put any of these other matches on the kickoff. Jonathan Coachman had some gems on the kickoff. He actually stated that WrestleMania is not tonight. It's a month from now. And then said that the word brutal is a great word to describe tonight's show, which at 6.45 p.m. coming off um, uh, my night on Saturday that quickly became Sunday morning with the uh, daylight savings time, mm. I was just, I was absolutely exhausted when the show began and I was sitting down and realized, I, I was hoping like this could be a show that maybe this is done by you know, nine thirty, ten o'clock. I mean, it really should not have to go much longer than that. But this would be uh, we'd be going past ten thirty. Mm-hmm. And then Sarah Schreiber. This is on to the main show we go. Or sorry, this ended the kickoff. We had Sarah Schreiber interview Andrade and Zelina Vega setting up the Umberto Carrillo match, and that concluded the kickoff. And the Usos promo, very quick promo, about ten seconds, just them basically walking down a corridor, saying their catchphrase. Opening up the main show was Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak, and this got the pay-per-view off to um, as strong a start as you were going to get. It was a totally different style of match than you're accustomed to in a WWE ring. This was Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak getting to wrestle uh, their style of match that they wanted to. Very much um, a a technical approach to things. Uh, This was uh, the two of them just... uh, jockeying for position on one another, trying to isolate each other and various body parts in the early going here. And the the drawback was that you could see the audience was not really into this. It was Daniel Bryan versus uh, Drew Gulak, who I would say if you were going to try this out, doing it in his hometown, you would think would give, you know, hopefully this would be the best city to put Drew Gulak in a big showcase match. But you could see they just did not really take to him as such but the match was very compelling we saw um they did the vertical suplex spot where they went over the top crashed to the floor gulak hit a saito suplex and then they were trading suplexes and uh the the video going around everywhere that people probably saw as the highlight of this match or low light depending on your definition was brian taking this huge release german and just coming down on his neck and this was uh frightening for anybody to take but compounded when it's daniel bryan landing on his neck this to me was as um uh, cringy as the matt jackson suplex last week in that tag match like just right down on the neck and he came down at such a height as well 
Mm-hmm. Very dangerous looking. Yeah. Uh, Brian beat the count into the ring, and then he fired back, and you could s- see the audience getting into his offense. Gulak hit the inverted superplex from the top, and the idea here is he's, is he's working the neck to soften it for the Gulak, which he attempts, and Brian had these clever counters for the Gulak. He rolled through and finally applied the LaBelle lock after some struggle from Gulak, who passed out that they made note of at 14 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, this was a excellent match. I think most people would peg as their match of the show. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, depending on what you're looking for, I think I could see people who really enjoy spectacle maybe choosing, you know, one of the the the, the tag team chamber match. I thought that was actually a really good match too. But if you're looking for, you know, technical wrestling, I think this was obviously be your jam. This is the style I I really enjoy. Yeah. And it, it you do have to note though, this did not get over with this crowd, mm-hmm. but it's also something that I think if you want to introduce this, like these are the kinds of audiences that. It, it it is a very different style if you are just a WWE fan that is not used to this, where it's it's pretty much a basic. It's like a wrestling match, and yeah. it's a contest that you're watching. Yeah, I, I I'm really curious, like maybe uh, how this match was was made, okay? Because I think we know Brian maybe has a bit of say when it comes to choosing his own opponents, and I can't see Vince McMahon saying, you know what, who would be great to start off a pay per view? Drew Gulak. I I almost would definitely say Daniel Bryan might have handpicked this guy. Uh, and I find the the build really interesting because when you watch SmackDown, there is zero indication that the Drew Gulak they are p- portraying on SmackDown with the PowerPoint is anything like the Drew, Drew Gulak that we saw tonight wrestling in this match. There's no – like the Drew Gulak in this match was portrayed as an equal to Daniel Bryan, somebody who you know is his technical match. Um, they even protected him in the finish by having him pass out to the LaBelle lock instead of even just quickly tapping, which you wouldn't expect them to give somebody just anybody coming off a 205 Live or a comedy character like Drew Gulak has been playing on SmackDown. It was the opposite so- of Jake Hager last week where he went from the serious, you know, legitimate fighter to mm. – the, the kind of goofy guy last week uh, at the pay-per-view against Dustin Rhodes. So, you know, I was wonderfully surprised because I was just expecting a squash. I didn't even think the, think this would make it past five minutes, but we got a very substantial match. Like, we got something uh, as close to, I would say, like, you know, catch point Drew Gulak as you're going to get on a pay-per-view with Daniel Bryan. So, I it was great. It was a great surprise. It was almost as if, like, Bryan said, you know, we'll go ahead with all this stupid TV stuff as long as you let me and this guy have the match that we want to have on pay-per-view. And, and it felt like they did. Yeah, and I, I, I think, like, these kinds of matches, it opens up, because we talked about this, the idea of, you know, a, a certain pattern that has emerged, especially, you know, coming off of the TakeOver show and what you can, the guys you have under your roster that can do this style and it opens it up. It, it can be very different. If this was in front of, if this was at 16 carat over the weekend oh, or yeah. in front of some other crowd, this would, this would have tore the house down. Oh, no doubt. Um, Thing is, though, this, this, this was a pay-per-view where I think you could have had, like, the February pay-per-view, especially this one, is really odd in that, like, they they there's really nothing major there's no major match for even somebody like Daniel Bryan to build up to therefore you could have a big star like Daniel Bryan be able to throw out a match out there uh, whether it be against Drew Gulak or somebody else that he really wants to wrestle that Vince might be like eh okay it's just a february show anyway so you know go oh i'm march sorry it's just a march show anyway so you can you can wrestle whoever you want i don't necessarily expect this for every single pay-per-view although there are a lot of b-level pay-per-views these days yeah i I thought the match worked really well and um yeah the the crowd would be my only thing that like kind of 
uh, hurt the presentation of it, but I, I think that it was an investment in kind of doing this match and, and showcasing something different. Do you see anything more for Drew Gulak after this beyond this Brian thing? I think you have to, I, I don't think you can just drop this uh, after, you know, he was presented so strong in comparison to Brian on this, that you would think that they maybe get a rematch out of it on TV, something, sure. but ultimately this is, you know, we have four weeks to mania. Brian's got to shift into, cause I don't think Drew Gulak is his WrestleMania program. So mm-hmm. um, under normal timing, I would say that this should probably continue, but given how close it is to mania, it does run the risk of Gulak kind of being dropped in the midst of this. And this was sort of just to Hold keep over. Brian busy and do an entertaining match on the pay-per-view. Uh, Caleb Braxton spoke with Ziggler and Robert Roode, and they're going to enter the Elimination Chamber last after winning the gauntlet on SmackDown. They guaranteed victory, and Ziggler dedicated his match to Mandy Rose. There's another one of those static Ali things. Yes, that uh, interrupted them during the promo. So, yeah, yeah, we're coming soon to uh, that probably getting revealed. Andrade, Umberto Carrillo for the United States title. These two had um, another good match. Like, they, they, these two have... Pretty good chemistry with one another. We saw Andrade wear down Carrillo by attacking his arm and then went to remove the padding on the floor, but got stopped by Carrillo. So they got away from that. Uh, Carrillo and Andrade were on the top turnbuckle when Carrillo hit this top rope Hurricane Rana and went for the moonsault. But Andrade got out of the way and Carrillo was tossed into the corner and hit with the double knees. Then it was Zelina Vega removing the padding. Carrillo avoided the hammerlock DDT onto the cement with a back body drop counter. And then they went into several covers in the ring going back and forth, ending with Carrillo attempting a victory roll that Andrade countered, hooking the tights and scoring the fall at 12 minutes 32 seconds. Two of these finishes on the show where we would see the heel either uh, pulling the tights or using the rope, but this was the first one, and Andrade retains, and it's another loss for Umberto Carrillo, who kind of just keeps getting recycled into this challenger role. He did win on Monday, but it's it's very much kind of a back That's right. Forth. He got the uh, yeah. the win Monday to set this up. Well, I mean, it's still a good, you know, it's, it's, I'm really not sure what they're doing with Carrillo because anytime he gains a little bit of momentum, he kind of loses again. Um, and, you know, I guess on the other hand, you have uh, uh, Andrade, who's ever since a uh, super showdown looked lost in that, lost on Monday as well. So this is kind of him getting a win back right now. But, you know, um, these are always, I would say, good matches, whether you see them on TV or, or even better if you see them on pay-per-view. But um, they're all just kind of at the same level, you know, exchanging wins with one another that, um, you know, I, I'd like to see at least maybe like a bit more direction, um, like a bit more of a final goal for, for anybody to, to make it out of the pack. But, uh, you know, any combination of those four, Rey Mysterio and Angel Garza with these two, these two is always at least good for in-ring. Yeah, and you would assume that these these four should be paired in some form or fashion um, with something at WrestleMania if if you believe that they're going to have a match of their own or if they're going to get thrown into something. I mean, they just did the tag match on Raw. Are we getting the same thing? Yeah, you have to put yeah. some unique spin on it for Mania. And is it a big enough program for WrestleMania? I don't know. Yeah, it would be really unfortunate if after this year, Ray gets kind of... Nothing at Mania. So we have to remember, like, Andrade does have the belt, so he'll probably be figured into to something. Yes. Could it be a four-way? Could it be, I don't know. You could do the four-way. They're kind of all kind of on an island to themselves at the moment with mm-hmm. feuding over that title. So maybe you could just see the four of them go out and get 10 minutes at Mania, that right. kind of thing. 
Charlie Caruso interviewed AJ Styles. Uh, he did a lot of like lame comedy, making fun of Alistair Black. And he said he it's not going to be a fair fight tonight because he will have Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows with him. And then this interview just ended abruptly. He was like um, mistakenly, he mistakenly, almost jokingly let out his plan that he was going to get DQ'd. He said something to the effect of like, if anybody's going to get disqualified in this match, it's me. Oh, did I say that out loud? And then he he walked away. It was it was like bad dad comedy, which AJ is is kind of. But his match awful. is no disqualification, so he can get away with all of this. Yeah, I don't know. I forget. <laughs> Wasn't a memorable promo. First of two chamber matches saw John Morrison and The Miz defending the tag titles against The New Day, The Usos, Heavy Machinery, Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado, and Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. New Day and The Usos began the match, and you know this was certainly designed to start the match off on a high note between mm-hmm. the two teams, the two rivals, and they cited the, uh, the feud that they have had going back years and years, but it was just... Fans sitting on their hands for these first couple of minutes as they started. And, you know, not a whole lot happened here. Kingston had a slip coming off the rope during a springboard spot. And they had said at the beginning that there would be five-minute intervals while we were bringing in the Lucha House Party three and a half minutes in. And that became our game throughout the night of (laughs) where they would be absolutely rigid in terms of waiting those five minutes and others where they were very lax. And for Shayna Baszler later in the show, they were honoring those intervals by the, to the second. Yeah. Metalik and Dorado came in. uh, They just had a ton of, you could just see, they had a lot of motivation here coming into this to really use this, this platform to, showcase themselves they mm-hmm. saw this as a big opportunity and like, literally they were jumping off of platforms they were showcase them yes Lince yes. dorado had said earlier in the day he was going to test the theory that a cat has nine lives in this match he was going to okay, kill himself wow. multiple times he said okay. and you would have to think that they got the spot of the revival in this match who under normal circumstances you would have assumed would have been in this match on smackdown sure i could see that although i mean i thought the Lucha House Party absolutely stood out in this match. Yes. They made this match so much better with their very unique style jumping off of like all these things, which um, I mean, the revival would have been great in this match, too. But I'm grateful that we had the Lucha House Party. You know, of the six teams, to be honest, like I thought that like Kofi Kingston and Big E just like they didn't seem to have any. Yeah, they didn't have anything for them in this match. Like they have no story going like everyone mm-hmm. seemed to have like their sp- there's something in this match, whether it be um, the Lucha House Party with the the big spots, heavy machinery with the story with Ziggler and Rude, the Usos going all the way to the end and really standing out. Morrison and Miz are obviously the, the champions that are going to retain, but mm-hmm. Kingston and Big E, just, it was a very uneventful elimination for them. Yep. They just feel very cooled off. Um, Absolutely. I mean, I felt this way, you know, after the gauntlet on Monday, they're just kind of coasting. And I don't know if that's to set something else for them, but they're, I, to me, they're in, in dire need of some sort of evolution of character. So Metalik and Dorado double-teamed Jimmy Uso with a sequence of moonsaults, and then the New Day attacked the Lucha House Party, and there was a spot where Dorado was thrown against a cage and was upside down in like a tree of woe with his feet in the fence. And then Dorado and Metalik each dove off the chamber pods. So... Um, Some impressive stuff early and the crowd got into anyone jumping off those pods. Mm -hmm. The Miz and Morrison came in at around eight minutes and 10 seconds of the match and the champions were picking off everybody. And then the highlight here, John Morrison is balanced on the top rope. Metalik came off the pod with a beautiful Hurricane Rana. This looked seamless. They Mm -hmm. 
it just was perfect looking. Yeah. I, I would love to see John Morrison and, and Grand Metalik just have six minutes on TV. You know, the, like I've always heard people talk about how difficult the chamber is to work in and how like uh, even on like backstage, I believe this week, everybody on the panel who's been in a chamber match says they they would they were curious to try it once and they never want to do it again. But like I'd be happy to see, you know, the Lucha House Party or even John Morrison in this sort of setting again, because they definitely use it to their advantage. Um you know, high flying always looks great, but high flying off a, a big platform like they were able to use here on top of the pods in this new style chamber. Yeah, that's like, the thing. Really the, the redesign has helped in that sense yeah. a lot from the old ones where you remember the first one, RVD's crouching just to stand on the top of it. It was mm-hmm. very awkward. Um, th- that was just it was a great looking spot. Grand Metalik looked very good. I think Metalik and Lince Dorado, like they both um, did great in this match for yes. the time they had. Then Heavy Machinery came in and. You could see, like, the audience is really into this story with mm-hmm. Heavy Machinery and Dolph Ziggler. And Lince Dorado had the spot where he scaled to the top of the chamber, and he's holding on to the ceiling. And we've seen AJ Styles do this in the past, and he just is, he's gaining uh, speed, and then he flips into a shooting star coming down onto everybody. Amazing. It Amazing. Cr- incredible. And One of the coolest chamber spots I've ever seen. And then all of a sudden, Metalik gets hit with a compactor, and they're out. Yeah, so well, that was their, got their swan song was yeah. uh, that spot. But hey, they they were in this thing for only a couple of minutes. I would say like under ten minutes, but yep. they they made it um, as impactful as they could. And they're certainly uh, an underutilized uh, team with uh, Kalisto you know, as well. But it's all about follow up, and I I just I don't have that much faith that they'll they'll be getting that much coming out of this. Unfortunately, You're, I I would venture to guess that in the next three years we are never going to see a pay-per-view that so many of the big stars are not part of as tonight's show you don't think so you don't think we're going to get more of these in the future i i with, be, with more saudi arabia shows coming like right i, I guess there's always the right chance if something just happens like this but i just just listing off those names and you throw in ray and mm. just it's such a long list that it i i just don't see too many opportunities where Guys are going to have get onto a pay per view and B get time as right. well. Like Drew Gulak getting fourteen minutes on a pay per view. Mm-hmm. I'm not holding my breath for that to happen anytime soon. So uh, heavy machinery continues, and Ziggler and Rude are the last team in. This is around eighteen minutes in, and Ziggler is trying to escape from Otis and. He climbs onto the pod, and then Tucker climbs up next to him. He turns around, and Tucker tosses Ziggler into the arms of Otis, who then uh, it catches him, and Tucker hits a somersault off the pod onto the New Day and the Usos. That's yeah. a very large man to be mm-hmm. jumping off one of those pods. Mm-hmm. And Otis charges at Ziggler, misses him, and he crashes through the pod and lands on the floor. And is he out. Went, he went through two pieces of plexiglass. Yeah, this was to the floor. Yeah. This was a very physical spot here, and everyone reacted big. And he's just playing dead on the floor. Tucker is concerned about him and ends up getting hit with a super kick. And the glorious DDT heavy machinery is out. But yeah, to me, it tells them. It tells me that the audience is into the Ziggler Otis program because that yes. seems to be something that. You know, this was not an easy reacting crowd, but they certainly got behind Otis. They, to me, they are the most popular tag team in in um, SmackDown right now. Uh, they gave these guys a huge, huge push in the Gauntlet match on Friday, and I think it carried on here. You know, I, I was wondering if since they, I mean, really, it's all to heat up like the Dolph thing. So you know, Dolph and Rude continue to to beat Otis at every turn. 
and uh, you can expect something with them at WrestleMania. Kofi Kingston then hit Ziggler with Trouble in Paradise. Biggie hit the big landing, and this was followed by the Usos just hitting splashes off of the pods, and out goes Ziggler and Rude. They're gone. New Day and the Usos then join up, so it's four on two against The Miz and Morrison, and it ends up with Kingston missing a high cross off the pod, didn't hit anyone, and Miz and Morrison just gang up, they jump on top of Kofi together, and they eliminate Kofi Kingston, just like the most nothing elimination for the New Day. Mm -hmm. So it's the Usos against the Miz and Morrison. That's our final two. They got into uh, several big near falls here. Jimmy Uso kicked out of the skull-crushing finale. Then Miz immediately applied the figure four. And with Jimmy going towards the rope, Morrison hit the starship pain while Jimmy was still in the figure four. They went back into more near falls. And then Jay got stacked by the Miz while Morrison leaped over with a jackknife cover. And Miz put his feet onto the middle rope for leverage. Miz and Morrison retain the tag titles. 32 minutes and 54 seconds. The match goes. Longest match on the show. And uh, I guess, how did you think the uh, the tag match uh, fared in the uh, chamber? I thought it was a really good chamber match. I thought most, almost everybody had a real good chance to shine. You know, Heavy Machinery, uh, their storyline with Dolph continues, but I think Tucker had a big dive. Like, to me, what stands out in a match like this is just the the... How spectacular the stunts are, how creative the stunts are. And I felt like we had a number of really good ones here, primarily from the Lucha House Party. But I like the elimination of Otis running through the two cages. I've never seen that before. For spectacle, I I really enjoyed this match. Um, I It was probably my match of the night for that reason. And, you know, very creative spots. And I thought a really good pace throughout. Yeah, I didn't think the 32 minutes dragged. As long as that sounded, I thought that they... Um, they structured it well. There was, um, I, I thought the new day was kind of just, uh, afterthoughts in this match. They've um, been afterthoughts, like since that's kind the of been the role. Like I'm yeah. not even all that geared up for them to come out and do some big, mm-hmm. big thing for WrestleMania at this point. I just feel like they've been so in the background at this point that people somewhat checked out from them. And the only team, like, it's weird to look at Miz and Morrison for mania because yes, they cheated to beat the Usos. So I guess that's the Usos you know, claim to a rematch. But Mm -hmm. I mean, the champions just retain their titles in the most dangerous match against five of the top teams. It doesn't really like to come back with say a multi-team match at SmackDown or at WrestleMania. It just feels like a lesser version of what we just saw here. The hottest program right now in the tag team division is between heavy machinery and dolphin and rude. And I mean, obviously that's not going to be for the titles right now. Um, unless they, they again, pair these guys with Miz and Morrison coming off of, um, this match, which, you know, like you said, why do that when you've already done this? So I, I don't really have a clear direction for, for um, Miz and Morrison other than just another tag match with the Usos. It, I would see the New Day ending up in that. Like maybe yeah. the Usos and the New Day have a match on TV and they need a really hot match, which those four can have. And that gets them like I just you've got to slot the New Day in somewhere. So that the, makes the most sense. thing is Mania is so loaded, even like... I would assume most of the almost every title is going to be defended, right? When you already put all the title matches on the show, how and you have you know your special attractions like your Bray Wyatt versus John Cena or Taker versus AJ, how much more room is left for even a match like Heavy Machinery versus Dolphin and Bobby Roode to exist on its own? And that might only be Otis and Dolph. It may might just be the other guys. Singles in the match. I mean, that's the program. Like, just Ro- does not feel- Roode is like not even attached to this. It just does not feel big enough for WrestleMania to me. I mean, that's 
the the program is like Otis and Ziggler. Yeah, um, we'll see different ways you you can get we to also that. Might have Elias versus King Corbin. You know, how are you going to make room for? I him? thought watching SmackDown that was going to get added to this show because I Jeez. I watched that. I had the same thought as you of yes, let's just let's just throw those two together. I'm totally fine with those two in a match together, mm-hmm. as opposed to Elias with Cena or or somebody like that. But I thought there it would be more likely for this show than w- waiting four more weeks. I, I I really have a hard time imagining those two having a singles match at Mania. Well, that's what Corbin said at the beginning of the interview, right? He's like, he's here to talk about his WrestleMania plans. And, mm-hmm. and walks Elias, and you know, we shall see. Like, people do have to be in that battle royal. That would be where I would be putting those two. Oh, God. Uh, they promoted Austin's appearance. That's going to be March 16th on Raw. So they've got some some big episodes of Raw coming up with Edge on Monday, Edge the or Austin the following week. Mm-hmm. And we got four shows until Mania. Natalia was interviewed. She was furious over Randy Orton's actions against Beth Phoenix and how he insulted her as a mother. She said that Edge and Phoenix are like family to her. And tonight I'm going to unleash my legacy in the Elimination Chamber match. I don't know what that means. I'm going to unleash my legacy. She's going to um, use the power of the Hart family, the the spirit of the Hart family um, in her match, I guess. Yes, to unleash uh, her legacy. Yes, See, well, the the door was going to unleash its um, its legacy ooh. on her, I guess. But this is this like a new kind of like uh, gimmick for Natalia? You know, she's just she she's now un- she's the one to who unleashes her legacy. She's uh, the one who well, she's zero and one for tonight. unleashing her legacy here yeah. uh, after tonight. Okay. AJ Styles, Alistair Black, no disqualification match with Carl uh, Anderson and Luke Gallows coming out with AJ Styles. Uh, I thought, in terms of a match, I thought this was like a really, really strong match. But man, was this crowd dead for this, and it was mm-hmm. also twenty three minutes. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I felt this one go a little bit long uh, for me, which is silly because, like, on Monday we were complaining about it not being a proper match and being too short. But here, in this context, I, I, I did feel like the crowd's energy waned. Um, I, I thought, like, this was a chance to see Black, like, work, like, a lengthy match here, and they built it around um, Black attacking Styles' leg early on with big leg kicks and then Styles attacking the knee and leg of Aleister Black, who, who sold it very well and had to work around his kicks with this this bad leg. Uh, they went to a floor, the floor, and they were they were pretty conservative with, the, like, the weapons. They didn't go overboard with it. Yep. They introduced a table, a kendo stick, and... They, they tried to get the most out of the least amount of weapons in this match and not make it just a pure weapons match. Got a chair and it tucked in the corner and that played a part into Right, that just end. stayed there for a yep. bit. Um, so uh, we fast forward a bit into the match and I thought this was a great spot where uh, Black is mounting a comeback and he goes for that quebrada and Styles catches him in the tombstone position and does the throat slash. I thought this was like a great spot and yeah. it gets countered by Alistair Black. I almost thought like that that being the finish, I was like, that's clever enough that I could accept an Alistair Black loss. Sure, absolutely. It was it was so well executed in that like I think it's really impressive that AJ can catch somebody as big and tall as Alistair Black like that. I mean, if you remember like the like it, it, it brings to mind, you know, the Kota Ibushi uh Phoenix Splash that was caught into the Styles Clash. That sort of like Excellent. This strength, dude's got a grip, man. Strength and execution was just uh, that's that's AJ Styles. Yeah, 
think Taker's going to try the Cabrada <laughs> I don't, at Mania? Is that a spot? No, it's like, Alistair, you got to do this tonight because this is my <laughs> only chance. Um, so Styles then tackled Black over the announcer's desk. Black then kicks out the legs of Styles on the desk. Like some really great looking offense from Alistair Black. That is always the case with him. I mean, it just looks so great. And he comes off the table with a Meteora putting AJ through the table on the floor. And Black then sets up Black Mass in the ring. When the OC run in, Black attacks them, and they jump them. It's three-on-one, and they hit the magic killer. So it's pretty much a total uh, replay of Monday's angle on Raw. Styles sets up for the phenomenal forearm when the Undertaker's gong hits, and this was the pop of the night. Mm -hmm. This arena went insane when the Undertaker's uh, music hit. The lights came on, and the Undertaker's in the ring, holding Gallows Gallows and Anderson by the throat. Styles goes for the phenomenal forearm, but Undertaker has eyes in the back of his head, turns around, chokeslams AJ, lights go out, and Alistair returns in the ring, black mass, and he pins AJ Styles. 23 minutes, 12 seconds. It was unfortunately just not a match the crowd was engaged in for 90% of it, but I thought technically this was a very, very strong match. I thought it was a great match. I thought it had a bit of everything. Good storytelling, good weapons and table spots that that didn't feel you know uh, completely just wasted, I would say. Uh, a taker appearance even. Um, I think, you know, if you had to falter for any reason, it would be perhaps that it went, I would say maybe, I don't know, five minutes too long, maybe even eight minutes too long. If this was like With a, this crowd, yeah. If this was like a solid 15, I think it would have been absolutely perfect. But, you know, for a WWE style match, this was fantastically executed. Uh, both of them look great. You know, you had Aleister Black here be able to get the win while AJ can't afford the loss because of the taker interference to build up to that one. And the booking makes sense, including Black losing on Monday. I would say, though, with with these AJ losses, like if all things were equal, like AJ should be winning this match at Mania. Like, he, oh, absolutely. Like he really I think so. But eh, but then again, logic doesn't always dictate Undertaker outcomes at WrestleMania. Does it but, matter though whether or not AJ loses or wins? I I would say like Super Showdown. I thought was really bad, just in terms of how you started that angle. Uh, I don't. I had no issue with the loss tonight so much um but to me it's like these these losses back to back it's to me it's like the typical pattern is well that means that there's a big win coming Mm -hmm. and even streak or no streak it just seems they are very protective of taker at mania and i don't see aj being that guy that they would have beat him even though i think he should i don't either um at the same time i mean i I don't i don't know if do you think the intent here is to elevate AJ Styles to be that, you know, Brock Lesnar type of, you know, champion? Or is the intent here just to get a good Undertaker match out at WrestleMania and AJ happens to be the best candidate who could jump the highest for those choke slams and perhaps carry Taker to a match that other people couldn't? I, I think the goal would be, certainly, I think you want to have a passable match with the Undertaker, which in, in 2020 should pro. I hope it's not planned to be 23 minutes is all I'm saying. That's that's a big task on AJ's hands. It's just for him to go through these losses, then lose to The Undertaker at Mania. To me, it's what like, we, like, what's the point? Well, like what the, what is, I, I know it's such a tired argument for like, you know, uh, that the WWE fan will say, well, look at the exposure that this guy's getting by being oh. in the ring. That is absolutely the type of argument I could see them making by putting AJ Styles in this match with The Undertaker. Oh, look at the exposure that that AJ is getting. He gets a Taker match at WrestleMania. That Bray got that one year that uh, 
countless but others. But I could see this one being really good, you know? And if it's a great match, it doesn't matter if he wins or loses. That's that's how I feel. Yeah, certainly. Like, it's just, to me, a, a win over him, it, like, it puts him in that, those, like, like, that rare company. And I think, like, this mania, for all the talk of all these old guys that have come back, that we're relying on, you have the potential at this mania to have Drew beat Brock, which I think is a expected outcome. Mm-hmm. Roman to beat Goldberg, another expected outcome. The Fiend beating, beating Cena, that yep. I see as the only outcome. Yep. And then this one as well, which to me is the least likely of the four. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Um, I don't know. I just think you have to be a certain size requirement in order to get those like legitimate wins over these established guys. And unfortunately, AJ does not, if, is, if, is not tall enough okay. to, to take that ride. Maybe this should answer our question right now. If AJ were to win that match, how is he winning that match? What do you mean? Well, I mean, is it... With what? Could it be anything but the forearm? I don't see Taker tapping out. The forearm, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It would have to be the forearm. No, he's gonna, definitely not tapping, and he's not, not taking the Styles, styles clash. clash. No. So it would have to be the forearm. Yeah. yeah. What Or... He wouldn't win at all, which is the more likely scenario. Uh, he's probably just going to do the forearm and Taker's just going to stand there. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't see I don't see Taker losing to the forearm either, you know. Do like the moonsault out of the corner and just catch him tombstone. That's probably how this is ending. Yeah. Alistair Black. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, afterwards, we go to the Street Profits. They cut a promo ahead of their match with Seth Rollins and Murphy and... Pretty much like the same kind of setup here where the Rollins and Murphy come out and AOP's in their corner. So they've got the numbers advantage. And the audience was lightly chanting, we want the smoke at various parts of the match. Um, They they were all handed solo cups. They had the solo cups. Um, They they weren't dead for this, but this was hardly uh, the Sportatorium in 1983 either. Uh, The challengers got the advantage on Angelo Dawkins. Uh, They worked the leg before Ford got the tag. And then AOP got involved, and this caused the Viking Raiders to run out, attack AOP, and all four fought to the back. So we're down to two on two. Ford fought to the corner, and they were double-teaming him with super kicks, uh, followed... uh, by a big springboard here, Rollins flew into a jab from Dawkins, then got his knees up as Ford went for his big splash and cradled Ford for a two count. They did a Tower of Doom spot, and then Kevin Owens made his way through the the uh, arena with popcorn, and he jumped the barricade and was seated on the Spanish announce desk when he gets into Rollins' face and threw popcorn into his face. Yes. Causing like butter particles to get into the eyes of Rollins and probably impair his vision. He might have been salted. Don't know. Could have been some of that stuff that people, uh, some of the toppings that they put on popcorn. like Oh, like the, the ketchup powder. Oh, and all some that. of that crazy shit that I could sneeze, get in your eyes. I sneeze every time I try to. Oh, that, that stuff out. looks gross. And from there, they the Street Profits drew, drove Murphy into the barricade, and Montez Ford pinned Murphy with the big frog splash off of the top. 18 minutes and 21 seconds to retain the titles. It almost felt like they were riding out the clock on this show to just yeah. pad it out so that we have to be a three-and-a-half-hour show for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Um, I'll say the counter-argument to that is that this does help the Street Profits a lot doing these longer matches, um, but this late in the show... Um, th- th- this was way longer than it needed to be. I think from the get go, um, the crowd likes the the street profits, but I don't know if they like them enough to, you know, for for a rematch that I would say wasn't really justified 
to to happen to begin with, you know. Um, this whole build has been kind of strange because these guys got the 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 tag title shot at Super Showdown. They lost, yet for whatever reason had a rematch immediately on now or never. It was an was hour tonight now or never for Rollins and and Murphy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it is. It's supposed but, to be two losses. That's it. But you know, Rollins on Monday just said we demand a rematch, and I mean they just got it. So I can't say they put that much effort into like the build for the Street Profits to actually win the championship. So that by the time they won it, it actually meant something. The crowd in Brooklyn absolutely connected with them, and they absolutely loved them. And that's why I think the Monday match came across so much better than this one. This one was like. It was a good match, you know. Um, the Dawkins had had a bigger role to play, I felt, in this one. Um, it was good, but it was just like the crowd was tired, um, didn't really care about, I guess, you know, uh, the winner of this one either. So I enjoyed the Monday match a, a lot more, um, but the length of this show certainly had an impact for me on this. And it looks to be Owens and Rollins, like based on mm-hmm. the, the promo from Monday, Owens getting involved here. Afterwards, he hit Rollins with a stunner and then poured popcorn onto Murphy. So, see, that's what I'm saying. Like already on, on WrestleMania, you have so many matches that don't have a title attached to it. How are you going to make room for all the championship matches too? Well, God knows I'm I'm not demanding that we get a Street Profits title defense at WrestleMania, but... um. You know, the it's typical that like any pretty much all the stars like they want to cram as many people onto the show as possible. So absolutely the Street Profits will have a role on that show. Yeah. Um it's just it's gonna be a long show. That's the conclusion. It's gonna be a very long show. And they kind of hinted at some kind of stipulation match between Owens and Rollins when Rollins did the promo on Monday. So <laughs> I would think you probably have to set that up maybe as early as tomorrow night. Like that's probably Four we're, we're done with the street profits. And now it's Rollins um, match with, with Owens. And I guess Murphy is Murphy, just the sidekick leading into mania. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't say how much he's Joe. Joe's another factor too. What's his role. Yeah. Office? Cause he is back in time for mania. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just going to be Murphy is in the corner and then Joe evens the numbers and he's in Owens corner. Like that might be all Joe could, Envision battle, battle royal that that could be it as well. So another part was people were restless because they want to get to this one. The big match, the three on one handicap match for the intercontinental title, Braun Strowman versus Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro and Sami Zayn. And they explained, well, Greg Hamilton tried to explain this and Braun's music cut him off so that they couldn't uh, hear this. But Michael Cole repeated that whoever scores the fall on the nakamura cesaro zane side would become intercontinental champion so whoever got the pinfall would become ICG. yes it wouldn't be a case of them sharing the title so before they did a promo and Sami Zayn was bragging about the fact that all this time Strowman has never gotten his hands on him but tonight he is going to stand toe-to-toe with Braun Strowman and he starts the match with Strowman and immediately tags out to Nakamura. And I, I haven't been the biggest fan of Sami Zayn in this role, but I would say I thought he was pretty good in this role as he's the coward. Yeah. And he, he is starting to hit on something in this role. And he's so talented that I think he'd be good at almost any role. And I'm not surprised at all that he would excel and be entertaining at this. It's just such a shame because we all know what he should be doing instead. Right. Yeah, you you have to kind of adjust your expectation level to realize he he is never going to be that guy yeah, on the main roster, and this might be. I mean this 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 has become his most successful character on the main roster. It is true, but you know it's like 
this is like a Bobby Heaton role. This is like the type of like a Jim Cornette role. Mm-hmm. You know, a role for somebody who isn't did have hasn't you know achieved something like an and former NXT championship or like hasn't like MVP could be in this role. Sure. Yeah. 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 In the future, like a great Absolutely. talker that. Yeah. Um, but, but but you know like we're almost like to to have to like suspend our disbelief to completely forget that Sami Zayn was at any point any sort of legitimate contender that he was never a former NXT champion and that any him and Nakamura I, had one of the you know that yeah. that memorable build up at at Takeover. No, we're not supposed to remember that. We're like him being in the ring for a second with Braun Strowman. We're supposed to recognize as like immediate death for him. So the whole match is Zayn just he'll come in when Strowman's beaten down, get in his offense, and then he immediately tags out. He he was very good in this cowardly heel manager role. And it's Cesaro Nakamura doing all the heavy lifting. And he uh, kicked out of a Kinshasa, but then Strowman missed Cesaro in the corner, running into the post. And from the apron, Nakamura hit a Kinshasa, sending uh, Strowman's head into the post and Zayn then proceeded to come in. They lifted him up and Zayn hit the running Haluva kick and it's Sami Zayn that pins Braun Strowman to win the Intercontinental title at 8 minutes, 23 seconds. His first IC title win. His first IC title win. Yeah. So, um, Well, I mean, this was the story that, that they wanted to tell and I thought they executed it in a in a way that... Um, <laughs> That made sense uh, in, in for for this type of story. I'm just not a fan of changing any sort of title on this kind of bullshit rule match. You know, it makes the title look completely illegitimate. Uh, makes Braun look really dumb for agreeing to this stupid contract and losing his title in this way. So, you know, I can only I I you know the other thing is though with Mania looming, I think we often make a lot of excuses for booking because they need to do this in a certain way to get to the match that they want. And I can only assume that this was done so that you can get to Braun versus perhaps Sami Zayn in a singles match. That's clearly like the the task for Strowman to finally get his hands on him. The way I would do it is Strowman can get his IC title match, but he's got to win that battle royal to get Zayn, okay. to get his hands on Zayn. And either sure. he gets screwed out of it in the battle royal or he wins the battle royal and then he squashes Sammy at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the battle royal is a good idea. Win the battle royal to earn a title shot against the. IC and then you can get it right on the spot or 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. So and you could put the title right back on him. Just finally gets Zayn and beats him, yeah. or or you could screw him out of that in the battle royal and get you know Zayn introduces a new monster he's with or mm-hmm. something like that. And then it was time for the main event. Shayna Baszler, Asuka, Natalia, Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan in our second of two Elimination Chamber matches. Winner takes on Becky Lynch, who was uh, watching on the monitor backstage. She's watching like this. Yes. One of I, those. I, I hope they didn't bring her all the way to Philadelphia just to do what uh, they could have taped her doing on Monday, but maybe she was there. Maybe. She, hopefully she did some TV appearances or interviews in the locally. To Maybe. promote promote what? Uh, come and not see me <laughs> tomorrow night at Elimination Chamber. <laughs> come come watch me watch the show backstage. So Natalia and Ruby Riot start the match. Um, th- they didn't mention that this match had a sponsor, but I think Cricket Wireless was the <laughs> official sponsor of this because that's what you could hear in this crowd. Uh, it was so quiet that it just. Um, put such a spotlight on the very PG trash talk between the women. Like we had Ruby riot beating down on Natalia. You like that? 
Nick. You like that, Liv? This is going to be you. And then we had the reverse where Natalia starts yeah. getting the offense and she's like you talking like shit. Why is she talking shit to Liv Morgan? They don't have a problem. Ah, well, I mean, they're all opponents in the end, right? Maybe she but... meant this could be you. You can be stomping Ruby Riot. But it came across oh, really? much more aggressive. Like she was like trying to, you know, smack talk Liv Morgan, who was just Liv Morgan just got the worst of it in her pod. Like everyone was just talking smack to her. Yeah. Um, I guess it doesn't really help that like they have microphones in the pods too. So like it sounds super echoey when. when and the crowd was so quiet. It's all you oh, could hear. Man, I know. And yeah. it was just a, a long time here. Sarah Logan enters at four minutes and 15 seconds of the match. So they shaved off a little bit of time here. Logan hit a cross body off the pod. That was her big moment here. She was also wearing like this black top with like the uh, camo pants that were very reminiscent of the Undertaker's uh, furthest wardrobe derailment of his career at the 2000, Sur- 2000 Survivor Series. That was... A night where he wore like these camouflage pants and he never oh, wore them again. I don't remember. Look up the Undertaker Survivor Series 2000. Okay. And th- it was pretty much verbatim the the outfit that Sarah Logan had on tonight. So interesting. It was a a one night only attire for the yeah, Undertaker. Yeah, I see. I see. Twenty years mean. ago, <laughs> Undertaker camo pants. Wow. Um. So Riot and Natalia then crash down outside of the ring. Shayna Baszler ends uh, enters the ring at the 7:25 mark. And Baszler just runs through everybody. She's uh, utilizing the Stormbreaker that doesn't have a name yet. It's like a, it's kind of like, like Bobby a, Lashley's move. It's like, like the a, double underhook off the shoulders. It's like a Stormbreaker without the extra rotation. Yeah. So she hit this for all of the opponents here, starting with Logan, who she hit it with and submitted her with the Kirafuda clutch. Then she moves on over to Ruby Riot, where she hit the knee strike, submitted her with the clutch. And then she just slams the door repeatedly onto Natalia and applies the Kirafuda clutch and Natalia has to tap. And we also establish here because they were outside of the actual ring where the fall took place because oh, later yeah. on Baszler is in the Oscar lock and they're saying how she got to the rope. She got out, but they would recognize Natalia's fall outside of the ring. Right. Hmm. Uh, I, I I actually didn't even notice. Um. So wait a second. So somebody tapped out here. Or somebody passed out here. Natalia was outside of the ring when she well, tapped out. Could, did she actually tap or did she pass out? I thought she tapped. Okay. Well, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Um. So she Referee's just runs discretion. through these three. I mean, th- this was not that heated to the crowd, but this to me was the perfect way. Oh like, yeah. This was about building Baszler as yes. the monster, the unstoppable monster. And that's what this match was. It wasn't about, you know, protecting these other women. It was about building to WrestleMania. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, this was essentially like your rumble spot. You know, Shayna, I mean, from if, if certain rumors are to be believed, she was supposed to be sh- sh- supposed to win the rumble. Yes. She's probably supposed to get that, you know, monster, monster spot. They didn't have her do it. Actually, did, did they give it to her there? Was she, 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 she was did in... she did get some bit, some eliminations there oh, when well, she came in. Okay, but anyway, so she didn't win the rumble, but she got she got it here. This was essentially her rumble, where like she cleaned house, had to wait in the ring for a long time to just just show how dominant she is, and it worked absolutely well. And I agree that that was certainly the intent of this match from the get go. It doesn't mean though that you couldn't have given some value to some of the other people in this in this match, and and I'm I'm talking specifically of somebody like a Ruby Riot and her program with Liv Morgan that had absolutely zero 
um, zero uh, interaction in this match and therefore zero kind of development at all. In fact, like that that program just feels like more of a joke than it already has been. Do you, th- do you see that program getting something at WrestleMania? No, not at all. But it doesn't mean you, you couldn't have had those two start the chamber match before Shayna came in. You know, do, do something with the two of them and also maybe Sarah Logan and then have Shayna come in and clear house. I think it was by design they wanted to keep Riot and Morgan apart so that they don't touch yet. To, for So that you do it on Raw instead? Um, I mean, they did do it this past week on Raw, so... Um, I don't know. I guess coming out of it, to me, it just feels like everybody kind of looks like a bit of a uh, an afterthought. But maybe that would have been ine- inevitable with Shayna having to beat them all anyway. I mean, this from the moment this match was announced, it was... Like, you understood what this match was. Yeah. Like, there was no drama attached to this. And this wasn't... There wasn't a whole lot of drama in this match. But I think in terms of, you know... This was all about building Shayna. And mm-hmm. to me, she was like the number one priority here. But then she had to wait forever because all of a sudden they were being religious about these five minute intervals. And Baszler, it almost felt like a test of you're there alone. How are you going to keep our interest? She literally had to kill like two to three minutes here uh, before Liv Morgan entered. And she had to make faces. She had to be taunting. And it was almost like, OK, we're going to put you there for three minutes Keep us engaged because you have to uh, sell this for three minutes. I thought Asuka was actually really great in her pod, just screaming. She was so loud, faces. yeah. Yeah, Asuka was really funny. But yeah, you're right. You know, I, I also wonder if if maybe sometimes, like it is the case with the Rumble, perhaps the longer the spotlight is on that single person inside the cage by themselves, maybe the more value like the audience would attach to them as just being this like completely dominant threat too. I wonder if there's any thinking that goes in towards that. Yeah. I, I thought th- like this one in particular, it was just to me, it was like, it was really dragging. It got like, a bit awkward. It was like three minutes. Yeah. It was pretty long. Um, Liv Morgan enters and Baszler annihilates her. She swings Liv into the cage and then into the pod violently. And then, lifts Morgan onto the turnbuckle and choked her while staring at Asuka. This was on the turnbuckle. It was like a Suzuki um, rear naked choke. Yeah, so um, just eyeing down Asuka, and then we had to wait for Asuka to enter. So this was like another uh, couple of minutes um, before Asuka finally entered, and Asuka is able to apply the Asuka lock, and Baszler rolls out of the ring, drives Asuka into the fence, and attacks her wrist uh, that was injured on Monday. And Baszler hits, uh, again, her her version of the uh, the Stormbreaker, the knee strike, and then applies the Kirifuda clutch and gets the, the victory here. They did mention that Asuka did pass out as well. Yes, right. And this comes at 20 minutes, 59 seconds. Great booking of Shayna Baszler from, from the get-go. Um... I, I think, you know, in one night, they really got over the, uh, not just her, the Kirifuda clutch, but also the, the Stormbreaker little in, in, uh, setup that she has, all followed by the big knee. She finished all her opponents with those three moves. So um, leading into the match with Becky, I think, you know, the audience will react really well to that whole sequence whenever it's initiated. Um, the great job with Shayna. You know, we knew this would be sort of the, the, uh, the match to heat Baszler up in one night for that Becky match. Um, I contend that I think they could have done more still with some of the other participants, namely Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot in the process, but the, the end result was definitely effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, we go back to that, like who's in column A, who's in column B. And I think that's where you, you kind of see the other women slotted like their, their job tonight was just to 
make Shayna Baszler look unstoppable. And now you have Becky's most dangerous opponent uh, for WrestleMania. So, you know, you can pretty much see the um, the bulk of the WrestleMania card of what's been announced versus what you are expecting to be announced. Like all the key programs are in place. And now we've got four weeks until WrestleMania on in terms of Elimination Chamber. Uh, I can't give this a thumbs up show because the, the crowd to me did affect a lot of the matches. But this show was and I don't really blame, blame just the crowd. I, I mean, you have to look at the build and, and really the, the importance of the card beforehand. If, if I was a fan served. in Philadelphia and I'd bought tickets when tickets went on sale and you're not getting any of these big stars mm-hmm. and this place, this looked full. Yeah. This looked like a full building. Um, I, I could certainly see disappointment that you look at this lineup and are looking at, man, there's no Reigns, there's no Drew, there's no Brock, Ray, Becky. Charlotte, Becky. Like The list goes on and on and on of the stars that were not on this show that you know, I, I can see them being a little detached from what they did get. Like There, are, there was some very good wrestling on this show, but... Um, the, the star power, I think, affected the crowd in this show. So I, I go thumbs in the middle. The, this show, though, I, I think the people involved, this was like, um, they worked very hard on yes. this show to have a really good show. And no one got shortchanged on time. Like, mm-hmm. they, this was really like sink or swim. We're going to give you uh, every reason to get over with this crowd. Time is not going to be uh, prohibiting anyone because, you know, Gulak's going to get 14 minutes. Black and AJ are getting 23 like there was a lot of time given to the eight match. Well, I should say seven because the kickoff show was quick. This was absolutely set to be like a thumbs down show, just given I think the lack of importance and also just like I don't know uh, quality of build. I would say, but uh, on the strength of uh, some of the matches that that were on the show and and the strength of that tag team chamber match for me personally, it definitely raises it to at least the thumbs in the middle. So uh, it exceeded expectations, but. Um, whether or not it's worth watching depends on maybe several matches, several key matches, if and your level of interest. So, how how about your um, the buzz for WrestleMania right now? Now that mm, um, I think the you, top end is 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 looking good. You know, I I'm I'm actually curious about Goldberg Reigns. Um, I think Cena Bray is an attractive looking match. Undertaker versus AJ is probably like a Taker match that I'm looking forward to um, the most in the past several years. You know, I can't. It's it's his best chance, like to see if if we could still get good taker matches. Are your expectations high for that match, or are they too high? Mm, I don't know about too high, but I want to see a good taker match. That's all. I think this is the match where I think taker. I I don't even know what to say is like the the best route for that for that match. Like whether you're doing more of kind of like taker's more MMA style. Like AJ's very adaptable. Like he is going to do whatever it takes to have, mm-hmm. you know, a solid match. Yeah. And I guess See. the 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 risk is they it's the undertaker, he feels very ambitious and they give him like 18 minutes and that to me is I mean the the argument is he's certainly in there with the guy that you would have the most faith to get that out of undertaker, but mm-hmm. it's it's not like of years past where even taker you know he's hurt, but yeah. The, the mania match he'll be up for in a big way um there's definitely more questions now yeah like those matches look good i'm even excited for you know what's the come with becky versus Shayna. uh honestly like the biggest drawback for me is how the length of the show will impact my interest in the matches at the time because i could see some of these matches taking place set five hours into the show and i'm not really going to give a shit at that point no the show's easily going oh. I, I would say six well, anyway, we'll see. We'll see how how well it holds up. I mean, with that wear, but 
Uh, on paper, I think I think it's shaping up to be a pretty good show. But tonight was four and a half if you watched that whole kickoff. I know, I know. Hey, let's go to the phone lines. Oh, we got some calls. Uh, we, we don't have any calls yet, but uh, phone lines are open, everybody. We want to talk to you. What did you guys think of Elimination Chamber? Call us. one 732 Long distance charges may apply. Or look for us on Skype. And you, too. Can talk to birthday boy here, John Pollock. We're three minutes away. Oh my goodness! We're three minutes away, everybody. How many? <laughs> it's it's our own Claymore countdown. <laughs> uh, we we do want to know uh, your match of the night. Thumbs up, down, in the middle for Elimination Chamber, and let's say this. Let's say outside of Edge and Orton, um, what's what's the program that's clicking the most for you? Because I think Edge and Orton is probably everyone's slam dunk of the best maybe what not even think of edge and norton yeah what, what's the match you're most looking forward to at wrestlemania maybe we can ask that as sure well. okay so, um we'll open up the topics well first let's go to the forum uh what did you guys think of wwe elimination chamber 2020 out of 10 our friends on the board voted this show 5.48 on to the phone lines michael you're on the air what's going on Hello, everyone. Um, happy birthday, John. Oh, hello, um, Michael. Thank you. He's going to get so sick of that already. I'm um, from South Korea. I, I woke up this morning and realized, hey, there's a pay-per-view on, and I had a bit of free time, so oh, I decided to see some of it. That is so cool. That is so cool. How's everything going on? Um, I know it's uh, kind of well, troubling. Things are going. Life is returning a little bit back to normal. You see more people on the streets because of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still like if you look at the statistics, we're still number two in the world of uh, the number of cases. But besides that, uh, speaking of the pay-per-view, I'm glad that uh, AJ has a chance at Taker because I really think he deserved it because he's been pretty loyal to the company ever since he joined WWE a few years ago. Now, when you say deserve, I mean, so you're looking at this basically as, you know, a win on itself, whether or not he even wins the match. Oh, I mean the match in general, like the opportunity, yeah, right? You know, because very few people get matches with Taker at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, it's a big, it's a big um, responsibility, you know, to be able to, and I think it certainly um, shows that they really believe in his abilities to put him in there with the Undertaker, so that they have a great match. Yeah. Anything else on your mind? No, I think that's it. All right, I'm out, guys. Thanks a lot, Michael. Thank Appreciate you, Michael. the call. Yeah, I mean, it, it's worth um, noting the fact that it, over the past couple of months, uh, AJ, Randy Orton, both signing extensions with the company and, you know, they're getting big mania matches this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, certainly. Shall we go to the uh, forum, actually? Let's read some feedback here. We got Andrew from Cape Breton who says, I wasn't expecting much of a show tonight, but I actually really enjoyed most of it. The match of the night by far was Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. I love that style of wrestling and I knew nothing could really follow it, but I felt a lot of the matches certainly tried. I also love the main event Elimination Chamber match. That match was exactly what it needed to be. A brutal murder of everybody. I thought Shayna did a good job looking like the menacing threat and I feel like she's ready for Becky at WrestleMania. I love Shayna's style of wrestling. The main lowlights of the show was that it felt like there was a lull after the tag team chamber match. They had a hardcore match that wasn't as violent or as entertaining as the gulak Brian match, which was just a normal match. That being said, everything else was pretty good. 7 out of 10 show for me. Yeah, I mean, Gulak and Brian, I thought it was just such a breath of fresh air on a, on a WWE show to see them kind of get out of the 
um, typical presentation. I just, I, I really love that they went a different route with those two. Let's go to the phone lines. Hansi, you're on the air. What's up? Yo, what's up? Yo, John Pollock. Uh, happy birthday, brother. Thanks a lot. Um, I, I was singing happy birthday, but I don't want you guys to lose Patreons. You know what I mean? So I'll, I'll spare you. But I mean, um, but no, happy birthday to one of the best people on the planet, man. I, I, I love you a lot, bro. I, I love the show. And, you know, I'm glad that I'm like really, really, uh, you know, I, I called in often to talk to you guys. Um, one of the best people on the planet. He's, he's referring to Rick Steiner, whose birthday it is. No, I got to say, yo, even though yo, I agree with you on the crowd, right? But I... I still like the pay per view. I, I they gave you. I, I thought there was a pretty some pretty good moments for a card that didn't really have any main eventers. I love the Gulak and Brian match. Um, I like I like that say, uh, Sami Zayn finally won a title. Even though listen, it's probably not going to mean much like in, in in a week or something probably. But um, I did like the the the, the last uh, chamber match. I I really I really dug that. Like I I I I know it's like it's. Like you go on Twitter, it's like it's like divided, right? But I thought it was a smart way of booking it. I I knew Shayna was winning, so you might as well have got it done that way. I mean, they could have done it more entertaining, but I I, I just like I I liked that. I, I thought it was unique the way they did the build. I know we might look back on it later on and go, yeah, that, that, that was actually a pretty smart build. But um, before I go, um, do you guys actually see Taker fighting AJ one on one? Because even though I would prefer a one on one. I it seems like they might do Taker and Black versus the OC, and I wouldn't be against that. Only if like if like let's say AJ and OC win, then you have Black kind of turn on Taker, and he kind of like just beats him down. You don't see Taker for you know for a couple of months, and you have Black beat Drew McIntyre for the title if he does win it, and then at Survivor Series down the line, you could just have black retire undertaker like I, that's what the route i would go and pushing because black is going to be one of those heels that could end up being a cool heel in the end of it and you could make him back a good guy afterwards but that's where i think i would go with it if they're not going to do a one-on-one match of styles I, I don't know what you guys think of that but i just thought i would put it out there i know you guys don't really like fantasy booking too much i just thought i'd put that out there though no i i think that it um you know, we, we talked about it in the past that I, I saw that as being, you know, an interesting idea of, of how to, you know, get the best out of an Undertaker match and also someone benefits from it in terms of Aleister Black. But I would say at this point, if you were going that direction, I think it would have had to have been that, that there's a reason for the two to come together that Black already getting the win tonight. It's it's almost like you, you've already eliminated any of the heat there that it seems to be the singles match is what we're going to get. But a larger question is where Alistair Black does fit in on this show. Like he obviously like they're building up this match, but felt the need to not beat him tonight. So that tells me he is still someone that they are heavily protecting when it's the Undertaker's opponent that they had him beat tonight, even in the circumstances. Do you, do you do, okay. And uh, I'll just leave you with this. Do you think that um he could go for the U S title and do you, and also before I, uh, do you think Brian will end up like? Because people are saying Braun Strowman went with the title, but I would not be against Daniel Bryan going for the IC title if there's no plans for him. I don't know if there's like any big plans for him, but it just seems like he's not really doing anything. But I'll leave you with that now. I, I don't want to take too much of you guys' time. I know the other callers calling in, but thank you for letting me, you know, uh, put out my fantasy booking and everything. I appreciate it. And happy birthday, Pollock, again. Thank you, Hansi. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Hansi. Um, Brian going for the IC title. So that that would say Brian versus Sami Zayn. 
Which, I mean, they did introduce that that program briefly before yeah. they got away from it. Um, it just seems that this is all geared around Braun at the moment with Sami Zayn. That I can't it's, see it's... Braun being humiliated like this on this show without getting some <laughs> form of like, revenge. Yeah, okay. You win yeah. some and you lose some. It's uh, time to move on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would just seem to be something involving them. But, you know, with, with all of the, these loose parts, it's kind of you look at the, the options where it's they all get thrown into something and it's, it's not everyone's going to get their ideal scenario nope. at WrestleMania. And I'd rather them save a lot of these programs for the next pay-per-view than to try try to cram everything in there on one very long show uh, or even mashing things up into like tag team scenarios, which I, I, th- I think would, would have not just the match, but the storyline suffer. So... Let's go to uh, Laura from Vancouver. Says, "Happy birthday, John! Drew Gulak versus Daniel Bryan will be the WWE match of the year." For all the talk about Nakamura phoning it in, I don't think AJ Styles gets enough criticism for constantly under delivering. Owens, Nakamura, some of the Bryan matches, even now, Alistair Black. AJ is king of good match on paper. Sammy finally pinned Braun after years of feuding. Who says there's no long-term booking in WWE? Love them actually going all in on Shayna choking out everyone else. Frankly, I'd have started the match with her and cut out the dead air between eliminations. Have her demand they skip the timer and then just have her blow through everyone until Asuka gives her a fight to the finish. But still, they made her the scary monster she needed to be for Becky, and I loved it. Everything else is pretty forgettable outside of some spots in the tag chamber match. But hey, forgettable is better than bad. We got a Noah from Georgia who says, I'm just writing in to say that the number one contenders match was the worst elimination chamber match I've ever seen. I don't get the appeal to Shayna and I've only seen one good Shayna match in my life. Good things included Gulak versus Brian in the men's chamber. Other than that, it was a dud after dud show. I hope Becky beats Shayna in two minutes at WrestleMania. Wow. I, I don't Shane's think that would be divided. a wise idea either. I mean, Shayna's Shane, had some very strong matches in NXT. She had, you know, the, the, the Survivor Series match was not very good. Um, her style's not for everybody. It's not, no. Um, I, I do think that Monday was a misstep doing, you know, 12 minutes with, with Kyrie Sane, mm-hmm. especially after tonight, that I wouldn't have even had her wrestle on, on Raw. But if you were, I think it should have been really quick and against someone that was not Kyrie Sane. I feel like that, that might have been, you know, a good chance for them to kind of learn, like, you know, how the, how the main roster audience takes to Shayna Baszler and, you know, um, like much like they've learned with Goldberg matches, you know, how to properly frame her, how to protect her to, you know, use her in the best way possible because she can be a very effective tool for as an opponent, especially for Becky Lynch. Go back to the phone lines right now. Caller, you're on the air. What's up? It's MJ. Hey, how MJ. you guys doing? MJ, the star of the uh, uh, Up Next live watch along for uh, I already EC. I talked about the show for four hours. I figured I'd keep talking about it. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. How so you what like did you think about the uh, show? So, I thought the show was like a great first half. Um, it's one of those. Someone said it in our chat that we had going. It's like an unexpected pay per view where you're really uh, surprised in a good way over like the first couple of matches. Mm-hmm. But they just always hit this like wall where it's too long. I thought that was around the Raw tag title best match. Um, I had a couple of nitpicks with the way that they did the final uh, chamber match. For me, if you're going to spend so much time with like Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, make that a feature of the contract signing, at least let them interact. They mm-hmm. did nothing there. Um, Davey was saying, like, well, maybe they'll get to that at the Mania Battle Royal. But like to me, tonight was a moment where it was a main event and they could have at least got a little interaction. I agree with that, personally. Yeah. 
Um, I personally, like, if you give me Brian versus all these guys, Drew Gulak, Ali, Sami Zayn, but like you can bring up a, Apollo Crews. I would just love to see Daniel Bryan wrestle these guys. I think there's a perfect like niche that he can cut out in a show. Um, more so on these pay-per-views because the commercials, you notice like, especially with the AJ and Alistair match, like you notice how much it's a difference between Raw and then a Tonight mm-hmm. where there's no interruption. Yes. Um, I, I feel like if Bryan had his way, he would probably want to wrestle on 205 Live. Like he could wrestle all those guys. He'd probably want to do the tour. He'd probably want to go to NXT UK, uh, NXT proper, you know. I would let him. I think there's a, he's, a, he's a big enough star that he can draw attention. Like, we asked that question, if people would watch 205 Live, if he was wrestling there. And I think there's every reason to check out a match. If you hear it's a good match of Daniel Bryan on 205 Live, where, like, right now, no one's tuning in. See, I don't um, think they no would ever... No one's even going back to watch anything. He probably gets paid way too much to to justify, like, them putting him on 205 Live. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the nights that he's on SmackDown where he doesn't wrestle, like... I, I don't know if they still tape it then, but that, that's besides the point. Um, hey, Pollock. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. See you guys in Tampa. We'll see you see then, you, MJ. MJ. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's oh, continue with funny. the feedback here. We are going to go to uh, Noah from Georgia, who says, just writing to say that the number one... Con- oh, we oh, read this yeah. one. Kenny writes... Great show tonight until about four-fifths of the way through. While there may not have been any five-star classics, Brian and Gulak was very good and made Gulak look like a star. Andrade was great, as always, and Zelina was equally fantastic. The tag elimination chamber was a fun car wreck, and Styles and Black was an awesome match that was hurt by dumb logic and a predictable finish. After that, the pay-per-view fell off a cliff hard. If you told me five years ago that Cesaro, Nakamura, and Sami Zayn were all going to be in the same match, and it would be the worst match on the show, I would have called you crazy. All in all, I thought the first half of the show was every bit as good as Revolution, but I wish I'd gone to bed at 9.30. Back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on the air. What's going on? Good evening. Oh, my. This guy waits. This guy waits and waits and waits and picks a spot, and he's picked a spot. It wouldn't be... uh... It wouldn't be Elimination Chamber night without Brandon from New Jersey. <laughs> Jesus. What's going on, man? I'm just eating some cheesecake, man. How are you? Uh, what, what, what kind of cheesecake? Oh, cherry. I made it, uh, uh, I made it earlier today. So. You made cheesecake. Wow. That sounds delicious. Absolutely, man. Right. I'm like an onion. You just peel it back and you just find something new about me, right? Yeah, you're like an onion because when... People hear you, they cry. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey John, hey John, I, I, I just want to say happy birthday. Man. I, I, I'm glad you found me when you did. I'm, I'm so happy for you. Happy birthday, man! Thank you so much. It uh, it, it warms uh, the top and bottom of my heart that you uh, called in to wish me a happy birthday. I'm glad that I'm glad that, that we share a month together. Because uh, I also am a, a March birthday. So. Oh, well, when's what you? your birthday? I I couldn't hear you, you guys. Talked over. When, when's your birthday? Oh, twenty fourth, March twenty fourth. All right, cool. So you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I love when Wayne dismisses me like that. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see anything. <laughs> I didn't see the elimination chamber. I just hey, there. enough about about the elimination chamber. What about Zhang Wei Li versus Joanna Yan Jacek? I'm glad you asked me that because that was probably the, the greatest fight I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah, 
I wouldn't I wouldn't be against them doing it again. What about what would you guys think of that? I I hope that Joanna and Jacek takes a while to uh, heal from from this fight. I think that the first question you have is that what what kind of um, effect that kind of a fight is going to have on either of them. I mean, when when you look at, at Roy McDonald post Robbie Lawler, like that's the kind of damage that, you know, b- both women took, but, uh, but it was you know, Jacek in particular that uh, I hope she takes a long time before she comes back. But that's absolutely going to be the, the discussion is doing that rematch and just a question of when you do it, because those two will be forever linked to each other with this fight from Saturday night. That was truly w- one of the great fights of all time. I wonder what kind of injury Joanna had too. I mean, geez, the, her skull, it looked like it was fractured or something like that. Cause nah, that looked frightening. Uh, I mean, she, she was in rough shape. I mean, when you are looking at like those totals of the, the strikes that each woman oh. absorbed uh, for five rounds and the fact that that pace never dipped throughout those 25 minutes, um, you, you knew by early in the second round that we were watching a, a classic fight. And, and I thought the commentary team was really very effective in getting that across to everybody. Like they, they were in awe of these women as well. And the crowd as well. Like it was, if you miss this fight, this is the fight to go absolutely out of your way to see, because it was uh, to me, I, I don't think it's possible. Any fight will top it this year. I, I think it's one of the top fights I've ever seen. And then, and then you, you avoid the fight app that came after that. I mean, in which Yo Romero was Vogue dancing. How how did you score that fight? Who won? Uh, I, I think I think uh, Izzy did enough with the leg kicks to to yeah. tweak it out. But uh, I mean, I could be wrong. Who knows? I'm I'm Brandon, so you, no, no, you were obviously right. I mean, Adesanya won the fight. So, all right, guys. Uh, I love you guys. Happy birthday, whatever, and uh, enjoy your evening. All right, we, Thank uh, you, we we'll, we'll count down until we hear from you again. Oh, he he always hangs up. He's on always us. gone. All right, we got a Chris Kent who says better than an expected card tonight, but you can tell how little this card mattered when they couldn't fill thirty minutes of a pre-show, spending the majority of it talking about Mania. I'm wondering if Brian Gulak will get any Naito Ibushi heat. The match was outstanding, but that suplex made me very concerned for Brian's neck. I don't want to see Brian taking suplexes like that. I mean, that's I don't want to see anyone taking suplexes like that. It was um. Way too close of a call and just doesn't need to be taking those kinds of suplexes. That match is not hurt one iota with the elimination of that suplex. Well, I mean, do you think it was intentional that he took it at such a high angle or, or do you think that was just the way it happened? I mean, it, it could have been just, you know, he, he got he was thrown up really high in the air and just yeah. may have been thrown higher than he was expecting and then came down where he wanted to take it more on like the, the high sh- uh, on the shoulders than the neck. But it's the um, difference between that and Naito and Bushi in Ibushi, though, where that those I guys mean, were trying to absolutely kill each other. Those bumps were absolutely intentional. Bump. All right, back to the phone lines. Our man Neil, what's going on? Hello, way. How are you doing? Doing very well. What's what's up? You're a great guy. You're a very good friend to your friend across the way from you. There, <laughs> happy birthday, John. Uh, thank you, Neil. I was waiting for you to ask how I'm doing. Oh, I. I'm, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Did you watch the show tonight? I did, yeah. Um, thumbs in the middle is what I would say about it. But at one little point I wanted to pick up on is at the toward the very end of the um of the uh pre show, um they did do the um 
the free to new subscribers thing. Oh, they it did. With, yeah, okay. it was with. There was only about two or three minutes of the show left, and they did the the, the sort of graphic of the of the pirate ship, and um, then said, and uh, the only place to watch uh, Elimination Chambers on, you know, the usual spiel is is on the network, okay. and you can get it for free, and if you do you'll get WrestleMania for free. The, the surprising thing was they, they hammer that normally, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, they said it as, cause that was, it was, as you guys were saying, conspicuous by its absence, I thought today. And, um, they did mention it once though, toward the very end of the, of the pre-show. So it looks as though, um, there's no outside deal coming. Um, Hmm. Which isn't that surprising, I suppose, given there's only four weeks to go. And well, it's it's also the case that you know, if a deal is not completed, you're pushing ahead as though there isn't. Like you have to promote WrestleMania, and you can't be going of the assumption that you know something might be completed when it's not. And you know, if if tomorrow they close the deal, then obviously they'd be changing course, and all of the advertising would reflect that. So, I mean, it's uh, to me that that conference call that. Uh, at the last investors call, it almost felt like like WWE, they don't typically volunteer information like that, especially on a deal of such high of a magnitude that's not completed, because then you're sending out it's speculation that we're promising something that we can't we can't guarantee is going to be delivered. And if it isn't, it's well, how much was this deal worth that you guys weren't able to close? And it almost felt like that was reactionary to the the stock plummeting after the Barrios Wilson announcement that we we have to give something to the investors because they're on a real down right now let's dangle this potential streaming deal out there to the point that we're putting a time frame on it as well for the first quarter and you have all this speculation out there about you know you'd naturally be looking at well where's WrestleMania going to air is this deal going to be complete there's a lot of questions there Exactly. I, th- I found that whole thing, going back to it, rather confusing because he, he also mentioned, this is Vince I'm talking about, he also mentioned on that call the tiered thing, the tiered system going being pushed ahead, which, you know, what what do you want a higher tier for now, you know, if they're going to get rid of the pay-per-view? So, I mean, the cynic in me would say it's he's he was peddling some magic beans to the, <laughs> to the, to the, um, investors after the uh after the uh getting rid of the um the co whatever co-presidents you know, bar- co-presidents yeah so because i mean he's done this before with uh we know how to fix house shows and all that kind of crap he he, he puts out the uh, uh i don't want to keep you the the opener was was definitely i know i say that and then i always do but the the opener was definitely the match <laughs> of the night it was very interesting i thought though that the the philly crowd you would expect of all American crowds to be into that style of match. And they really were, they really weren't. I mean, you didn't get a, this is awesome until the the next match. And I, I just thought, wow, you know, it's, 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 these are, these are clearly WWE fans, not, not uh, wrestling fans per se. Well, it's, it's funny, thing. like Philadelphia is typically like a pretty, you know, in, enthused, hot crowd. I do remember specifically this TNA pay-per-view. They did a lockdown there one year. I want to say it's 2009 and it was a crowd that showed up and a lot of like that night they wanted to see the ECW nostalgia that they had on the show and they wanted to see like like weapons like those mm-hmm. were and the the typical TNA talent it seemed like the audience was not really following 
all that much. I'm not saying this is the exact same crowd, um, but it was. Yeah. It, it I did think of that tonight watching this. That you know, this is a, a crowd that if you're watching TV every week, this almost feels like some of like the the extras as opposed to your main focus yeah. stars. Like if you're going to list your biggest stars coming up at WrestleMania, how far down that list do you have to go to find? Yeah who the biggest star on tonight's show was, for instance. No, I think we've seen like, you know, many instances where WWE audiences, no matter what the city is, they react strongly to star power. Um, and this and was they've a show. been conditioned to do that. Yep. And this was a show that yeah. was lacking in it. And, you know, as much as I think you and I and anybody, anybody listening to this, show, to, to listening to the show might have enjoyed Brian versus Gulak. It was very low in terms of star power on the other side. And the biggest reaction Brian. tonight, the undertaker. Yep. Yeah, Sure. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and, can, and can I just very quickly uh, say uh, great work this weekend by the both of you. Way you're uh, you're a trooper for sitting through that Smackdown um, open quotes, go home show, close quotes. It was, it, it was the. Um, yeah, where all the big the stars thing, went home. And... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the main event. Oh, my good, good Lord. Like at the high stakes of being the. Uh, the, you know, getting the massive advantage of being last into the chamber. And you too, John, I, I again, I'm not touching UFC details ever again because I, I oh, gave Neil, out. it's fine. I know, but I feel bad because I used to be a journalist in a former life, so I, I kind of prize giving, you know, correct information. What and, field? What field like, were, did you uh, cover? Local news, yeah. Cool. started off in a, in a paper called the Belfast Newsletter and then... Um, I did a, a little bit of reporting for there's there's a there's a much bigger tabloid in the UK called the Daily Mirror and I I worked in their Belfast regional office but I wasn't a reporter for very long before I moved into the editing side of things which is getting, taking other people's work and you know yep <laughs> cool. do, do, you know what I mean so okay yeah cool life story yeah but John I, I really enjoyed the UFC show though with um, with Phil. Uh, Thank with you. Phil, um, I, I always enjoy it when you bring up wrestling with him because he, <laughs> he told him that uh, about Brock and Drew, um, he's like, what? <laughs> well, he knows Brock, obviously, but you know, doesn't know who Drew is. So I, I did go back uh, to BT Sport and watched on the on the, your recommendation, the, 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 women's, the women's fight and uh, thought it was amazing, I must say, but absolutely brutal. <laughs> You know, that level of brutality, you know, I don't know if it's really for me. So, yeah, MMA you can have. But I will, I'll continue to listen to the the podcast. And happy birthday again. And thanks to you both for taking such a long-winded call, you know. <laughs> I, always, I really, always have time I, for you, Neil. Oh, you're too, you're far too kind. I, I always say to myself, I beat myself up a bit from time to time, it's probably a guess, but the... Um, I oh. say to myself, you must self-edit, you know, better, because <laughs> it's my job to edit other people, you know, often, so I never do it, but I'll try, I'll try harder, I promise. Neil, we always appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank good, you Neil. so much. Take care. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> You've got people on edge, way. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't mean to. I don't mean to at all. Always happy to, to hear from our man, Neil. All right, we got an awesome from NYC who says, I had... Little expectations going in, but I really enjoyed this show. Daniel Bryan is a magician. The Andrade Carrillo match was very good. The EC tag title match had many great spots, especially the Lince Dorado one. 
they surely need to give the Lucha House Party some level of push, and they put Shayna over big. My major complaint of the show will have to be that they could have easily bumped the IC title match and the second tag title match to TV and had the show finish under three hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's apparently not in their interest because they were looking to fill this thing out and drag it out to a solid four, four and a half. Clearly. Like, that, yeah. that kickoff show... Did not need to be an hour. That could have been thirty, but they're they're not about presenting a, a condensed, easy to digest show. It no. is like that is what a WWE pay per view typically is going to be. Mm-hmm. All right, let's continue here. Let's go to a Surin from Portland. Overall lackluster show highlights were Lince's spot in the chamber and Sammy winning the Intercontinental title. Question, where does Taker go after his spot? I counted three seconds of darkness after his attack on AJ. That's certainly not enough time for anyone to make it up the ramp or through the crowd, and I can't imagine someone of Taker's age being comfortable lying under the ring the rest of the night. Where did he go? Uh, Great question. I don't know. He vanished. He vanished, yeah, into the heavens. I mean, they're typically rushed under under the ring ahead of time, and then afterwards, I mean, probably just uh, could have been there. Off, yeah, they, they could have been airing a promo during a com- prior commercial or whatever vignette, backstage vignette type of thing. Probably goes right under the ring, and then yeah, the next segment, it's like the house lights go down and they get rid of them. Mm-hmm. That's probably it. We got a Jordan from Kitchener who says, "Very paint by numbers pay per view. The wrestling was good to great, but it lacked depth for real storylines to get people invested. Elimination Chamber really lived up to its name at being a filler pay per view. Six point seven five out of ten. And the last one is David from Bonn. I enjoyed the show tonight, especially the first half. I thought that Brian and Gulak was great. I'm hopeful this wasn't just a, a one off, and they give Gulak some kind of a push coming out of it. Andrade and Carrillo and the Tag Chamber were fun matches. The rest of the show was okay." However, there were some lulls in the second half, and the crowd clearly reflected that. I can also see a lot of people disliking the main event, but I thought it was effective in making Shayna Baszler look as dominant as possible heading into WrestleMania. My only suggestion would have been for her to enter last, so we didn't have those awkward pauses of her waiting for each entrant. Overall, decent show, 6 out of 10. All right. Thank you guys for your feedback. Yeah, I I think that you have to look at this show that it went in. I I can't remember a pay-per-view I had this little interest in going into it that... Your expectations are so low that it exceeded the expectations mm-hmm. and turned into a, a, a good show. Yes. I think longer than it needed to be, but nonetheless, um, I watched the show and it was, you know, it, it certainly exceeded expectations. It's good the- show, productive for Shayna Baszler, you know, delivered, in my opinion, a very entertaining tag team title elimination match, a good Brian Gulak match, which very for good. a lot of people was the highlight of this show. So uh, hopefully they do more of that. Yeah, that was my match of the show. I love that style. It's something I would like to see more of in WWE. And you've got the guys that can do that style that opens it up to just a different flavor when you're putting up so much content to have something that's completely different from everything else. Uh, that that to me is one of the, the secrets of New, not even a secret of New Japan is that you might have a four hour show, but you're going to see so many different styles um, and in WWE, like that kind of mat based grappling style, we don't see too often. Do you have to have Daniel Bryan attached to one of these matches, though, every time? No, I, I think that there's guys there that you probably be because if the star power wasn't there, let's say it was two 205 live guys having that style of match. Do you think it would have received that the same level of I, I don't think tonight's did receive a great reaction. Like, I think that's well, online it did. In our, in our oh, feedback, online I mean. it did. Yeah, I, I think that if you had like much. Much like when uh, Jack Gallagher and Chad Gable went on that 205 Live and just tore it up 
And that spreads real quick in this day and age when there's a really hot match, especially at a WWE level and with guys that you maybe uh, aren't focusing on. I think there's a lot of talent in in that locker room. And tonight was a great spotlight on talent that you might not associate with having some of those great performances that the talent is there. And sometimes it's uh, restrictions of uh, television time, just the idea of having matches that are not interrupted by commercials and and also just the lack of spots to have on pay-per-view for the showcase. So this was uh, a spotlight on a different portion of the roster that doesn't typically get this kind of airtime. So there you go. That was Elimination Chamber. Wayne and I are going to be back on Monday night following Raw. So uh, look out for that. And Tuesday, it's a big one. It is here on the Post Wrestling Cafe, going to be the MCU review of Infinity War. It's the big, the big... Uh, it's the big one. Climactic showdown. Uh, showdown. Yep. With Thanos running wild. And we are going to be running wild with Brent Chittenden, who's going to be joining us here from the uh, the True Nerds, True North Nerds podcast. podcast. Yes. He will be joining us here in studio. Yes, he will be. Awesome. Yeah, making it all the way down here from Hamilton, I believe. So, wow. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us, Brent. And I look forward to talking about this movie with you and with John. Uh, and uh, also coming up right now on our this week on our uh, feed, of course, Thunderstruck is out right now with WH Park uh, with Davis Storm. Um, UFC 248 post show is up as well from Saturday night. If you want to go check that out, uh, one of the best fights of all time, which you did watch. If you want, yes, absolutely. Uh, it was a great, great match. Uh, if you want to rewatch Elimination Chamber, uh, Davey and MJ, as you listen to, have been doing these live streams. Uh, where you can watch the show with them on the Up Next YouTube channel. So you can follow them and rewatch and sync it up if you wanted or tune in next time they do one of these things. And uh, very quickly, one last plug here. Post Wrestling Live in Tampa, Sunday, April the 5th at 12 p.m. We are doing a live Q&A and meet and greet. Postwrestling.com slash live is where you can get all of that information. Yes, go check that out. We hope to see many of you down in Tampa for our Q&A. We'll also be doing a meet and greet. Uh, VIP lunch, if you want to get um, the VIP package. Uh, lots of cool stuff going on that day. And it's just minutes away from Raymond James Stadium where WrestleMania is taking place. So that's going to uh, uh, wrap things up for us. Uh, thank you to everyone for the birthday wishes. Very kind of you. I'm going to enjoy my, my <laughs> birthday cake, courtesy of uh, Wei Ting. And that is it. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>